What's up? And welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. It's me, Victoria Brown. I am your host, and today I have Yasmin Cheyenne on the pod. So when it talks, when we talk about, when it comes to being your very best self, she is a an incredible guest uh, for that topic. Uh, and so that's why I'm excited to have her on today. So she is an advocate for teaching others daily practices that can help improve their overall well-being, which is something that we constantly want, right? Um, her goal is to create approachable and actionable practices that people can incorporate into their daily lives without without having to think too much about them. So you probably maybe have seen uh, Yasmin. Uh, she's been on the Today Show, uh, Forbes, InStyle, and so many more um, press media outlets. Uh, and really, most recently, which we're going to talk a lot about today, she created a, an app, which is really awesome. So this entire app is devoted to and dedicated to um, mental health. And so within her app, it's called the Sugar Jar Community App. Um, within her app, there is space for you to journal, to, you know, listen to all of her kind of like, you know, um, just workshops that she has. And there are affirmations and all types of things like that. Um, you can definitely get lost in this app and really create a space for yourself uh, to connect to yourself, to develop self-awareness, to learn boundaries, and to find lots of mental health resources. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about joy today. We're going to talk about your sugar jar and why she um, created that and what exactly it means. Um, we're going to talk about energy and how to protect your energy. We're going to talk about one of the biggest self expectations that we place on ourselves um, that's kind of unnecessary and how to move away from it. Uh, lots of good, good, good topics. So uh, let's get into it. Here we go. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. So today I have Yasmin Cheyenne on, and I am very excited from, for this episode today. I'm super pumped to have you on. Um, you know, this whole podcast is really ar around mindset and how to cultivate our best mindset to just feel mm -hmm. the most like ourselves every single day and to feel the best that we possibly can. And so I feel like you are just an incredible person to have on when it comes to mindset. Uh, and so I want to thank you for being here today. Today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to dive into so many topics, but mainly I feel like the best place to start is that you have recently on 2222, <laughs> was that right? Yes. Um, launched your first app or an app, I should say, the Sugar Jar Community app. Mm -hmm. And so I want to get into that because I'm super, super intrigued and I know that this is like kind of a space where you can send all of your followers and also anybody who needs it or wants it um, mm -hmm. to, and this is just a place to reset, but I want you to, you know, kind of tell us what it's all about. Yeah. So, you know, I, about a year or so ago, I noticed that there were so many of my community that were getting social media fatigue. But one of the things that they really enjoyed about social media were all of the amazing wellness influencers and all the amazing people like yourself that you can follow and get so much content from. So I decided to build an app, which is a huge undertaking because there's so much that goes into 
getting into the app space. And what the Sugar Jar community offers is a place to start your self-healing journey. You can be a beginner or you can be someone who considers themselves to be advanced, although we're all learning and figuring it out as we go. But there's affirmations, there's a journal, there's video workshops, audio workshops, uh, daily affirmations. And I just wanted it to be a place where you can kind of get a one-stop shop of all the things that I have found help my clients be able to continue the healing work in between therapy sessions, in between coaching sessions, and especially if it's not something you can do right now um, in terms of therapy and coaching or spiritual, spiritual teaching, you can start right from your phone. I love that. I mean, I really like want to touch on what you just said too, social media fatigue, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. SMF, we'll call it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, because I know that I personally struggle from it so much, but the thing is like, you know, if I stumble across a page where I'm like, wow, there's so much for me to consume here in terms of mental health or in terms of, you know, just, I'm like, wow, this page that I'm on, like really, really makes me feel good. Or Mm -hmm. they have a lot of tips here or a lot of tricks here or a lot of things that, you know, I could apply to my life. It's like, you know, I'll find myself kind of in a, do the rabbit hole, go down that, that wormhole or whatever. And you're there for a little while, but then you almost feel guilty because you realize you're like, oh, you remember where you are. You remember that you're inside of Instagram or wherever it is that you are. And you're like, and then you kind of, I I find myself like catching myself almost. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh gosh, I need to get out of here. Like I got to get off Instagram and like focus on what I need to do in my work. But so what I really, really love about what you created is like taking it to another platform where there's no other distractions Mm -hmm. and you don't need to feel guilty about how long you spend in this space because everything in this space that you have created is something for our well-being and for our mental health. And so then there's like all of a sudden really not any guilt at all associated with being on your phone if you're staying in this app uh, and filling your sugar jar. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yes. Because I, I mean, even myself, when I'm on Instagram, you know how it is you, before you know it, you're like, oh my gosh, it's been 45 minutes. The time moves faster in Instagram world. And so, you know, you want to be able to go on, get what you need, you know, get into the sugar jar community app, get what you need and then go back to your day. And I find, I love being able to interact with folks on Instagram. I love the community that I built there. And if you are not interested in spending time on there, I'm, I'm happy that I have an alternative for folks. Um, and then also, I can't do the work that I can do on my app, you know, mm-hmm. on Instagram. I can't do a 45-minute workshop or, you know, and record it and make sure that everybody can hear it. I can't, you know, eventually add uh, captions and all those things in the way that I want to. So it just gives me the creativity to, to serve in a way that, you know, I can't do on social. So I'm excited. I love that. So why Mm -hmm. sugar jar? Is there a meaning behind this? Where did this term come from? Yeah. The sugar jar is my, uh, like my namesake. It's the, uh, foundation of my business. I started, um, it was a while ago now, four years ago, five years ago, I was in my kitchen. I had just had my youngest daughter and I was tired. I was overwhelmed. I was exhausted. I just stopped maternity leave. And I don't know if, um, you have kids or not, but it's like, when maternity leave ends, there's no like gradual period. It's just like, boom, Mm. you're back into the regular space. And I was recording a voice voice note and I was just like, I feel like a, like sugar. Like when you spill sugar, it gets everywhere. It's all over the place. You don't know where it went. You step on the ground like weeks later and you still step in sugar that's spilled. Um, 
And I noticed that, you know, because sugar is sweet, it's something that people are attracted to. They want to come get some of you. They want to have access to you, but it gets all over the place. And so it became a way for me to begin to teach not only energy, but boundaries. Because when we have lids on our jars, people can't access us in the same way. And when we have a, a understanding of who has access to even get into our home, because to get into my kitchen, you got to be able to get into my house, you know, then I can begin to understand the layers of boundaries, how I allow people into my space. And so the sugar jar is um, an, an awesome check-in for all of us to be able to ask ourselves, like, how am I doing in this moment? Really? Not just how am I? Oh, I'm good. Like, where is my energy being spent? Where am I? Well, where have I said yes that I really don't have space for? Where do I need to say no? Where do I need to shift something? Um, it's like an energetic check-in. It's a physical check-in because money is also an exchange it, and time's an exchange. And it's a visual representation of how we show up in the world. Yes, yes, yes. I love the the idea of, uh, you know, you got to get, you can't, you got to get into the house and like, again, you got to get to the kitchen, then you got to get to the sugar jar. And really it is like, you're in control. To me, I see like, it's like the deepest understanding of we are in control of what goes in and we're in control of what goes out. Absolutely. And just recognizing because we forget so often, I think that we have that control and then we have that we have that power. Absolutely. And I think then also recognizing that sometimes you have a little leak in your jar, like something's going on in the background. You don't even know what's going on because because we don't have control of everything. So like you may realize, oh, I thought I had more energy and I'm, I don't, you know, investigate what's going on. Um, and then I guess and then I guess if you can't figure out what's going on, giving yourself that grace and still being willing to fill yourself up anyway. And I think that's the goal, not living life from a place of perfection. There is no such thing as a full jar. We're all doing something, giving something, exchanging something at all times. But what right. level do I feel best at? And how can I make sure that I'm not giving above that so I'm not walking around burnt out and drained, um, which is how a lot of us are walking around right now. Yeah, that's the truth. Walking around burnt out and drained. Mm -hmm. um, so I was looking on the Sugar Jar community app and then also on the Instagram uh, handle that you guys have. You talk a lot about giving our energy to things that we cannot control. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to, for you to dive into that a little bit because I think we're all guilty of it from time to time. Oh my gosh, we're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it still because I just, you know, if you're human, then you may forget that there's you can't control everything. Cause I think that our, we, we have this part of us that are like, I'm going to try to control it. If I can, I'm going to try to fix it. If right. I can, I'm going to try to change it. If I can. And this goes for everything, partners, friends, bosses. We, you know, we, we see behavior that doesn't work for us. We see behavior that those red flags are coming up within us saying, I don't know, this isn't fit for me. This isn't working for me. And instead of maybe advocating for ourselves and saying, hey, this doesn't work. Can we, can we talk about it? We usually go into, hey, can you change for me so that I can feel more comfortable? Or, hey, can you go to therapy? I mean, and there's nothing wrong with inviting people to therapy and inviting people to maybe see how they could grow. But what I think the ultimate goal or the ultimate thing that I want to impart on everyone is that no matter what we invite people to do, they have to choose to do it for themselves. And that is the distinction. If they don't choose to do it for themselves and commit to it, commit to it on their own, whether they're doing it for us or not, then 
they may never change. And so if they never change and we can't control them, then how are we going to be in relationship together? And this goes for everyone, friends, family, partners, you know, everything, um, our children as well. And so I think recognizing that we spend so much energy trying to conform people to be whoever we think they need to be for us versus recognizing who they are um, and accepting who they are and really being honest about whether it works for us or not. I think that's the part that we struggle with um, and where we expend a lot of time mostly because we love them and we care about them. We want things to be different, but unfortunately we cannot love or will people into changing um, if they don't want to. And so that usually is a huge portal into understanding the way we're in relationship with each other and how that can be a drain to us as well. And that's the truth because, you know, we shouldn't really, I mean, it's a little bit different, unfortunately, unfortunately, I guess at the same time, but, uh, when it comes to family, but in terms of like friendships and relationships, like those things should not be forced. They really shouldn't like, it's Mm -hmm. not something that you have to make happen. And there's like, I think we forget to, in terms of friendships and relationships, you know, unless you're, you're married to that person, but you know, there's 7 billion people on this earth. And so we get so hung up on sometimes on this, like one person who doesn't want to change or isn't, you know, maybe cause they're just not supposed to change. Like they're right. not meant maybe to fit happy. into, mm-hmm. right. Maybe they're happy the way they are and they're not meant to fit into our world, but we want that to be so badly. And we just forget that there's 7 billion people here and that we don't really need to force anything mm-hmm. there that you don't need to force friendships. You don't need to force relationships. You just actually really like genuinely don't, have to do that. And I'm certainly, you know, have been victims to that as well. Like, you know, especially I would say with, you know, romantic relationships, you know, before I was in a committed relationship, but just trying to find my person and feeling like, you know, this has to be it. This is, I think we just hang on to like the one, Mm -hmm. which I feel like has been, you know, this, this silly kind of term almost, if you will, where it's like, you know, a lot of times I feel like I would go on dates and be like, Oh, is this the one? Is this the one? Is this the one? Like the one, like once again, for the third time, there are 7 billion people here. Like, just let it play out. Nothing needs to be forced, you know? Yeah, and I think it's hard for people because, first of all, dating is vulnerable. <laughs> it's incredibly mm-hmm. hard. We have to get to know someone all over again. We have to lay ourselves bare all over again. And nobody really wants to do that, you know? It, it, it right. would be nice if we meet someone and it just turns out that this is the person and we don't have to right. go searching anymore. And so I think just being gentle with ourselves and being honest about why we connect with people the way that we do, why we want people to be our person um, in the first place, because, you know, in committed partnership, yes, the person that you're with is, you know, your partner, but they're still going to be their own person. So are you, you're going to transform and grow as while you're together, things are going to shift and things are going to change. The person you met today might be completely different 10 years from now. And so recognizing that even the person that was your person in that moment might not be the same person. So are we willing to grow and transform and change and get to know each other no matter what? And I think in friendships and even in family relationships, um, you know, because we don't normally get to choose our family. We're just born into our family. Right, but, yeah. you know, family doesn't always mean we're friends. And, and recognizing, you know, even in family relationships, boundaries still apply. Those can be harder, but you still get to keep yourself safe and advocate for yourself and and learn how to put those boundaries in place no matter what is going on. And and I think that that's the work 
learning how to say the uncomfortable thing rather than sitting in silence in your own discomfort. And I think that's what we often Mm. do instead. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I have definitely, definitely uh, done that, unfortunately. But, you know, it's a work in progress always to continue to try to to stay ahead of it, stay above it. Um, So I also want to talk about... um, I guess it's a great segue, honestly, into, you know, the biggest self-expectations that we place on ourselves that we have to have, and you were talking about this, and I loved it, that we have to have X completed by a certain date or certain things completed by a certain age, uh, and the pressure that we put on ourselves to kind of reach these these milestones in our lives um, by a certain age. And so I'd love for you to dive into that because... Man, I I think that's just a big one for a lot of us. I think it is too. And I I mean, just for people who identify as women or femmes, I think specifically there is a, t- we do have an actual like end date where things change for us in terms of if you want to have children or not. And right. I think that that date has been societally used as like pressure for us to have everything figured out. If you notice the way men walk around and people identify as men, they do not normally have that same pressure. And I I imagine it's because they can pretty much have children until they can't do anything to have children. So, you know, it's like, and and I think that that becomes an unconscious way that we've also been pressured to figure it out, find your partner, you're running out of time. Hey, you're not getting any younger. I mean, the things that people say to each other, if you really think about that, like those are really uh, um, harsh things. Like if we could have found our partner a little bit earlier and we wanted to have kids, we probably would have. Um, And so I, I say all that to say that I want us to begin to check our own expectations. Like one, do I actually even want the things that I I'm, I'm planning for? Um, many of us think, oh, I need to have this much, I need to make this much money. I need to have a partner by this age. I want to have kids because that's what my family does. I I need to have this many kids. I need to, you know, do all of these things. And I, and I invite us to question, am I living and planning and doing the things that I want to be doing? Or am I doing them because this is what my family says I should do, or this is what my partner says I should do, or this is what society says women should do. What, what am I doing that actually aligns with me. I read an article recently where there was an article about women who became parents and realized that they actually never got the chance to figure out if they wanted to be parents. I mean, they love their kids, but they're like, had I had the, the time or had I had the awareness that it was actually a choice of mine, not something I was expected to do, perhaps I would have made a different decision. I think that's just a perfect example of how sometimes we're just going through the motion of life rather than actually choosing what feels aligned for us. Um, And I think that goes along with what we were talking about before, too, in terms of our partners. Sometimes we're, like, trying to meet this goal, trying to meet this objective, and we never stop to ask, why do I want this? What, what, What would I choose instead if I gave myself the choice to do so? man, it's, it's the truth. You know, what would I choose instead if I gave myself the choice to choose? Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. I love that so much, but yeah, we do. We put these crazy expectations on ourselves, crazy expectations that we have to, you know, get all of this done, reach this certain milestone and do this and do that. And the thing is like, I don't know, like life is changing every day. 
And I think a lot of times I think our, our ideas on what success looks like or what, you know, achievements look like, I think it changes often too. Mm -hmm. I think the way that the world moves and changes, you know, it's like, you know, have you seen like that recent, recently there was, um, there was like a meme that kind of went around and it was the golden girls. Um, you know, Betty oh my White gosh, and all the golden yes. girls, right. You know what I'm talking With about? The and then it was, cast? Yes. Yes. And then it was the sex in the city cast and they were the same age when these photos were taken. You I have to could Google not it believe they were that it. young and you're and like, golden girls. Right. You, you couldn't believe that they were that young in golden girls. You couldn't even believe it. No. And you're just like, what? Because they look in this photo, in this meme, they look like they are like, absolute grandmothers and they're they're literally like they were in their like 50s or something i don't even know and it's like man like now when you're in your 50s like you're hot still in your 50s like <laughs> yeah. you got it going on in your 50s you know what i'm saying like there is like you know times change and people change and what's expected of us quote unquote changes. And, you know, it's just like, you know, we, we put all these unnecessary pressures on ourselves that we just have to hit these certain milestones, but like mm. the world around us is changing all of the time, which means that like a lot of times these these pressures are, they're not even real. Like we can decide to live the life that we want to live the way that we want to live it. And like, that doesn't mean that you have to have children by a certain age, or you have to make a certain amount of money by a certain age. Also like life is a game of shoots and ladders, right? It's constantly ups and downs, ups and downs. And like, you know, there, you may be single for a certain amount of time and feel like, you know, it's your, you know, everyone around you found their person and everybody around you had kids and, and, and you're still trying to figure it out. But the, the, then it's like shoots and ladders, right? So then maybe you find your person later on. Maybe you have kids later on, but maybe that means like you got to know yourself a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And so you find yourself in a way happier situation than somebody who found it way earlier on than you. So, so for anybody, I think, you know, and you can definitely chime in on this, but I think for anybody out there who is really placing these expectations on themselves to reach a certain place by a certain time, I think the biggest thing to realize is to slow down and enjoy where you're at right now. Absolutely. Because this season, right? This season is beautiful wherever you're at. It's like, you know, the people who it's like, we always want to be somewhere that we're not for whatever mm -hmm. reason, you know, like if you're single, like enjoy being single. If you're in a relationship, enjoy being in a relationship, you know? Absolutely. And even if it's like relationships doesn't relate to you, if it's business, if it's career, whatever it is, right. we have this propensity to, to, to always be looking ahead. We're always looking at the next place that we can achieve versus enjoying what we have in the moment. I think it's important to do both set those goals, set those plans, like look ahead and also be present to where you are or where you get, where you want to go. You'll just be looking ahead at the next thing. Um, right. A lot of us are missing out on joy because we're always striving, moving, looking at the next thing versus doing both, looking for ways to meet our new goals and then also giving ourselves the freedom to experience the joy and what we have in the present moment. Um, and it's tough. It's tough because we get so wrapped up in, again, our society is all about what are you doing? What are you working on next? You know, when we meet people, mm -hmm. we don't say, what are you enjoying about your life right now? We say, what are you working on? <laughs> That's what we say. Yeah. And so there's this idea oh, man, that you should always be working on something next. And so we buy into it because that's what the system around us is created to help us do. But what would happen if we decided not to do that? 
and to just, we don't have to explain it to anyone else why we're doing it, why we're shifting, why we're changing, just to have that little vow or promise to yourself to do only the things that feel good. And, you know, even when I was looking at that essay, the Sex and the City meme versus the Golden Girls meme, remember, like, Blanche was super cool on the show. Like, if the show came on today, I mean, they were all cool. Yeah. But Blanche was my favorite. And if the show came yeah. on today, then she would be like Sam, like Samantha. Like, mm-hmm. there just yeah. wasn't a space for that then. And so it's right. like recognizing how much more freedom, specifically just women and femmes are being given to age how they want, to look how they want, to do whatever it is they want. And then also recognizing how there's still so much societal context around what we're supposed to and not supposed to do. And just making sure that we're not buying into it to the point where we're living life for others versus ourselves. Mic drop moment right there. (laughs) Make sure you are living life for yourself and not for others. I love that Mm -hmm. so much. Um, And so I saw like on your website specifically in terms of cultivating joy, um, you've got a little tip and trick uh, called a joy list uh, that you Mm. like to run people through. So can you just give us a little explanation of that? Yeah, this is my favorite thing ever because it's easy. So get your phone. We like easy. (laughs) We like easy. Get your phone, um, pull out the notes section of your phone, and then write down five things. Start with five because it's small. Five things that bring you joy. And I want them to be five things that bring you joy that don't require you to Amazon anything, go to the store, like have the right amount of fruits to put in your water. Like, no. This is like five things that are accessible. Maybe it's watering your plants and uh, spraying them down with water and wiping the leaves off. Brings some people joy. Brings me joy. Um, Maybe it's going on a walk. Uh, FaceTiming a friend who you know you're going to laugh and have a good time with. Rewatching an old show uh, that, you know, every time you watch it, it brings you nostalgia. It makes you enjoy yourself. Reading a book. Like whatever it is that you know that you can do for at least five minutes. And the reason why only five minutes is because usually if we set any time more than that, 15 minutes, 20, 30, we'll begin to make excuses. Like I do not have 15 minutes to sit down and do this. I I barely have five minutes to eat. You can do it along with eating or while you're doing something else. But what I have found is when we set those five minutes, we are more likely to do more than five minutes because we're already enjoying ourselves. So the minimum is five. You can do as much as you want. Um, it cannot include social media because I find that we're bound to not to end up not enjoying ourselves quicker than we would if we were like watching a show. Like if you pulled up Bridgerton, right. you probably would be enjoying yourself the whole time versus if you go on social media binging, then you're bound to come in contact with something that will bring up that's comparison, will trigger you, something like that. Right, right. So that's the joy list. And it's a quick way to bring joy back into your life because believe it or not, we have to choose joy. Like joy is not something that we we often think, oh, I'm healing so that I can have joy constantly. No, that's just not how it works. Life has ups and downs. We're going to have good times. We're going to have hard times in the midst of going through everything that we're all going through um, in our lives, the adulting, all the things, we have to be willing to choose joy. And so this helps us find an easy way to do it. And when you're in a tough time, you don't want to have to think about Dad, what is it that brings me joy again? This is what this list is for. And then anytime you're doing something that you enjoy, just write it down on your joy list and add it to the list. I love it. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. 
cultivating joy. That's a big one. It's a really big mm-hmm. one. Um, and so I also want to touch on while I have you here is you gave a Ted talk about setting boundaries and how setting boundaries makes makes room for the sweet things in life. Mm-hmm. So can you talk, let's talk about boundaries. Let's, let's talk about boundaries. <laughs> boundaries. Okay. So like <laughs> the sigh of relief that just came over you. I was like, Oh, she, this is talking about boundaries. That's on your joy list. I could tell that's on my joy list. Right. Boundaries is the foundation of my, the work that I teach. We can't have the joy, the peace, the ease, the excitement that we're seeking in our lives without boundaries. Even with your most intimate of partners, like your, the partner that you live with, your best friend, there shouldn't be any relationship in which you're like, oh, they, they can't have anything they want. Can they really have anything they want? Most likely not. No. So then you have boundaries no. in place. So reminding yourself, you know, if you think about your sugar jar, you know, when am I interested in actually taking that lid off? When am I interested in actually saying yes? And before you can do any of those things, asking yourself, do I have enough for me? If you're already, if you're listening to this and you're already feeling like I, I'm overwhelmed, I'm burnt out, I don't have anything else to give other than what I'm already doing, then you don't really have a lot to give. When people say, hey, would you mind helping me move? Hey, would you mind help? Of course, we all want to be there for our friends. We want to be kind to the people we love. We want to show up for the people we love. But I always say this. When we say yes to the people we love, they think that we are saying yes from a place of true, genuine yes. They have no idea that we're giving them a resentful yes or an angry yes. And that begins to build up within us. Before you know it, we're blaming our friends, our family for using us, for taking advantage, for asking us to do things when they know we're having a hard time, when in actuality, we've been saying yes. And even if people Mm. know you're having a hard time, they're still going to ask you if you can show up because they need help. And I think what boundaries does is it helps us realize when we say no, we're saying yes to ourselves. And it's completely okay to say no to someone else so you can say yes to yourself. But also... You give your friend, your family member, whoever, the freedom to find someone who can give them that genuine yes. And you can always share with your your person or your friend, like, look, I love you. I'd love to be there for you, but I'm just so burnt out right now. You can be honest and say, this is why I can't do this. Um, or you can say, I can't help you move the whole time, but I can show up for an hour. Like giving those parameters of what you're available for and Boundaries can be hard because they bring up the the feeling of, oh, am I being selfish? I feel guilty for not showing up for the people that I love. And I always say this, you know, boundaries aren't about being selfish, right? They're about not being completely selfless, like where we always give everything that we have. And so recognizing Mm -hmm. that in order to have the peace, the joy, the ease you're seeking, to have that freedom in your life, when you look at people and you say, wow, they're just going for a run in the middle of the day. I wish I had that time. I wanted to check in. Like, obviously you might have a job where you have to work during the day. And so, yes, you can't do that same thing. But the things that you want to do in your life, do you not have time for them? Or is your time taken up by other things that you said yes to where you don't have time for yourself? And it, I love starting with ourselves first. Before you go out and tell everybody else about how they're using you and taking advantage and all that, ask yourself first how you might be betraying your own sugar jar by saying yes 
when you know you don't have enough to give. Yes. I think it's, it's, it's the power of saying, meaning yes when you say yes mm-hmm. and meaning no when you say no. Mm-hmm. And we really have to, that's a place we have to come to. That's a place we arrive to. That takes practice. It sounds really fancy. It sounds really easy. It sounds really nice. But like, you know, it is hard for a lot of people because they want to be there for the people they love and they, and they think that they have to be. But the truth is like, we have to change the narrative around that. Like we don't have to do anything. Like we mm-hmm. don't have to be there every time someone needs us. So it's understanding like, you know, stopping and asking ourselves, like, do I have the capacity to take this on? If the answer is no, then saying no. And mm-hmm. do I have the capacity to take this on? And is it going to make me feel good, you know, or deplete me, um, you know, deciding that, that yes, if it's a yes or if it's a no and, and really, you know, committing to that choice. Absolutely. And just recognizing that, like, like you said, it's a practice, it's a lifelong journey. I always say healing is an educational journey with no graduation. We're on it for life. There's nothing, there is no arrival point. So you're going to be constantly learning new ways of interacting with the people, places, and things that you're in relationship with and being kind to yourself as you, as you journey, because it is a, it is tough. The work that we're talking about here is incredibly hard and things do change when you begin to set boundaries. People think that you're changing when you begin to set boundaries. And so your relationships may go through ups and downs Um, and just being kind to yourself as those things come up. But it is the key to the freedom that most of us are seeking in our lives at the same time. Yeah. hundred percent. I love it. Um, Okay. So one last question for you. What is the best piece of advice that you would give your younger self? The best piece of advice I would give my younger self, I I probably think teen self, it would have to be be yourself, but like for real, because I probably thought I was being myself and I was, but we always are all trying to fit in, in high school. And, and, you know, we all think back in hindsight and think about, wow, what would have happened if I had known what I know now? So I think I would encourage her to be herself and do the hard things, which is like, setting the boundaries or saying no or focusing on whatever it is I thought was cool that maybe other people didn't, things like that. Yeah. I love that answer. I love Mm -hmm. that. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for being on. It was such an honor and a pleasure to have this conversation with you. And uh, I will be making sure to fill my sugar jar. (laughs) Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for having me. All right, you guys, make sure that you follow Yasmin Cheyenne on Instagram at Yasmin Cheyenne. I loved today's episode. I love the idea of creating a joy list, right? I think there's, I think I talk about this often on the pod, but it's like, for me, I feel like the things that are, that actually work in life are the things that really light me up or kind of awaken something within me. I swear to you, like 99.9% of the time, they're simple. They're super simple things that I can do that make me feel better. And so for, for a joy list, that's like a very simple task for you to take some time and just like write down things that really like genuinely, authentically cultivate joy within yourself. And then you can refer back to that list anytime you need to. Cause I think we also often forget the things that bring us joy. So you can come back to that list. You can simply read those things. And I think all of a sudden you start to feel like a little perk of joy within yourself. Uh, And so I think there's a lot of power in that. I think one of the other big takeaways that I love from today's episode is 
meaning what we say and saying what we mean. Saying yes when we mean yes, saying no when we mean no, and really just honoring those things and honoring those truths and really just sticking to the things that we know that we need um, in each and every given moment. So, you know, having power in your yes and power in your no. Uh, so that's it for today, you guys. Make sure you download her new, the Sugar Jar Community app as well. Follow me on Instagram at Victoria Brown. Follow the pod handle at Very Best Self. What else, what else, what else? You know the drill. Please subscribe to the podcast. It really helps this thing grow. I can't tell you how much that means to us. Um, give us five stars. And, and if you have a moment, uh, we would love to read your review of the podcast. So thanks for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and love you from the bottom of my heart. Thanks so much. Love you mean it. BB out. Bye.